This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. This evening, family, and uh, to our topic that we're discussing uh, tonight, which is uh, mental illness. That's what we're talking about tonight. And so with me, I've got our special guest, uh, Pastor Michelle DeVette, our resident uh, psychologist uh, right here with us today. And she represents the freedom groups uh, and takes many people through various areas. But we're going to get uh, a little bit later to that. So Pastor Michelle, welcome to uh, the program tonight. Thank you, Pastor Johnny. It's an honor to be here. And I think it's such an important subject. Yes. Mental illnesses. Uh, I think we are celebrating it in the month of soon. We, uh, the people are not celebrating it, but awareness yes. of mental illness, family. And so tonight, we want you to be part of this production, this show tonight, uh, this message. And so we want you to comment as much as possible on various social media platforms. And we, you're going to see, we're going to put it up on the screen as you comment as well. So uh, talk to us, comment on it as we discuss certain things, Pastor Michelle and myself. And so uh, uh, that's what we're going to do tonight. So thank you for being with us. Uh, it's just going to be a great, great, great subject. Let's kick it off straight away because there are so much that we need to discuss this evening. So let me ask the first question, and I've got the first th thing here, is that Define perhaps for me, Pastor Michelle, what is mental illness? That's a great question, Pastor Johnny. So let me answer that. So mental illness, family, is when it's a range of illnesses. There's, there's too many today, unfortunately. And it's a range of illnesses that affect us negatively, specifically in your mind, your thoughts, your emotions or your mood or your behavior. So it affects that and it affects it to a point where it disrupts your everyday living. And that is what makes it mm. such a concerning factor yeah. to us. Now you get, obviously, Pastor Johnny, your more common ones, which is anxiety, depressions, bipolar. These ones we've maybe heard before. And then you get your more uncommon ones, which is also more severe. Now these might be your schizophrenia, your personality disorder, even a split personality disorder, those mm, type of mm, ones. Mm, mm. Now we asked, the, uh, we asked the congregation this week to comment and to... Uh, um, uh, give us an idea of what they would like us to discuss on uh, mental illnesses. And uh, I think what is very important to say is that uh, I heard a study conducted by the World Health Organization that says that one in four people will suffer or are suffering currently from mental illnesses. Yes. So it is not an uncommon thing. It's not those people. Yes. It is very much in our society yes. and later on you're going to explain to us also there are various things that drive this yes. going forward now um, I know on the screen perhaps you can watch now and see some of the things that you've asked us to talk about all right and so uh, it's very interesting now a lot of people said there was a couple of people that asked I suffer from fear so let's quickly clarify that one is fear a mental illness that's a very good question once again, Pastor Johnny, because it's so true. So many people do think that, but no. If you're looking at the DSM, which classifies mental illnesses for us, then fear is not a mental illness, Pastor Johnny. So you get your anxiety disorders. And underneath anxiety disorder, you get your general anxiety disorder, you get your phobias, and you get post-traumatic stress disorder. Now, the phobias is what we would call a fear but not an everyday fear. It's a fear that is dysfunctional, meaning that this person cannot 
function their everyday life because of this fear that is so overwhelming. So it's not an everyday fear that we might experience of um, stressing for a job interview or I'm fearful of this or that. It's nothing like that, Pastor Johnny. It's something that completely disrupts that person's yeah, everyday living. Yeah, yeah. So it is possible that something that's from fear, when it becomes disruptive and it becomes abnormal to your social uh, uh, cohesion yes. and, uh, and adaptability, then it can become a mental illness if yes. it constantly plagues you and things like yes. that. But just normally, just being scared of spiders and like you say, phobias and things like that, those are things that one can deal with. That's not a mental illness. No. No. So what causes mental illnesses? So Pastor Johnny, what causes it is, what we've seen is trauma and specifically um, repetitive trauma from childhood at a young, young age. Pastor Johnny, when we're younger, we don't deal the same way. Mm. Intense trauma in childhood. Mm, 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 mm. You know, it's even traumatic for a counselor to yes, deal with those yes, type of traumas, yes, to yes. get secondary trauma yes. because of what those poor children had to face. Yes. And it's those type of intense traumas at that young age that causes the mental yeah, illnesses. Yeah. So, so in other words, uh, 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 Pastor Michelle, so you know, I think it's, it's fair to say that mental illness, a Christian can be mentally ill. Definitely, Pastor John. Especially, and what you said, and I like what you actually said, if they have not dealt with it effectively in their childhood. Yes. And that's where the root of, the, uh, of it really comes. Yes. You were actually mentioning to me uh, last week when we were discussing this, that divorce is a huge cause of trauma. Yes, definitely, Pastor Johnny. I mean, for a child to, to know his mother and father and, and the home becomes broken because of that, to them it is very, very traumatic. They yeah. don't always understand the reasons. or For them, the reason is not really good enough of why mom and dad is yeah. getting split up because to them it is their entire world is mom and dad. Yeah. So to break that up is extremely traumatic for a little child, yeah, Pastor yeah. Johnny. And so in other words, it's also then fair to say somebody that's a, a well-adjusted adult that's say 25 years old, is not, it doesn't just one day decide I'm going to flip out and start no. behaving strangely. No. It is because of something that happened in the early childhood, uh, childhood development or a traumatic experience that they have not dealt with correctly and seen it through and got healed, if I can use that word, through yes. the process. Definitely, Pastor Johnny. Um, I think Maslow's hierarchy of needs explains it very well for us mm. because it shows there that you have to fulfill the first need to go on to the second one. And the biggest need there is safety and security yeah. with non-traumatic events. Yeah. So above that, you get your psychological development, your emotional development. Yeah. So if, if you're in a traumatic environment, you can't even go on for, your, for that development to be normal, to get mm. your coping mechanisms, to mm. deal with the challenges mm. that life might have going mm. forward. Mm. So if you were in a traumatic environment being young, it makes you more vulnerable for a mental mm. illness mm. to occur later in your life or even when you're younger. Yes, yes. Okay, good, good. Well, perhaps talk me through what is the effect of mental illness on a on a person on their daily lives on on the loved ones their family their bosses you know just tell me what is the effect of mental illness and I and I'm sure that as a lot of people go through this some cope with it well mm. others do not cope with it well but what is the just maybe talk us through that 
So, Pastor Johnny, it, it unfortunately has very negative effects on all these areas of our lives. Job-wise, if you're really looking at somebody that maybe has anxiety or even depression, then some days they might not even get up or go to work. So it really affects their job situation and causes problems for them in a work environment. Yeah. In family, especially in marriage, Pastor Johnny, those things do bring very negative consequences, unfortunately, mm. because... I think the Bible says it so beautifully in Proverbs because it says, guard your heart because everything you do flows and mm, comes from mm, it. Mm. So if, there, if, if there's wounds, if there's traumas that have not been dealt with, it will come through in your everyday life. And it's, like I say, especially in your relationships because those people are the ones that are close to you. They know your behavior. And it's usually them that are vulnerable in those moments where we just lash out or act because of a fear maybe yes. or because of depression, feeling yes. down. Yes. So those people are the ones that are affected yeah. the most. Yeah. And so uh, let's talk a little bit more about uh, people that find themselves as, as Christians. And we're going to talk uh, just now as well and remind me that we do, what do I deal? I, I, I'm, say, normal, if I can put it that way. I don't suffer from mental illness, but I do have a family member. How do I have to approach that? Let's maybe just talk about that right now. I mean, uh, so I'm a, I've got a person that is flipping out. I don't know what's going on, but now I've discovered they've got a mental illness. So is there a right way? on how we are to approach it and is that all that needs to be done or is there a little bit more that needs to be done? Yes. So the first thing, Pastor Johnny, is, is I've heard many people ask me, is it contagious? I don't know why, but people are very afraid that a mental illness is contagious. And it is not contagious. So don't treat the person that you cannot come close to them. The best thing, Pastor Johnny, is just to have compassion. Because especially like something with depression, you know, those thoughts are so overwhelming. And as much as they try to fight it, it is not always that simple. Yeah. Sometimes that lie is established so deep in their heart that they can't fight find a truth. Maybe it's obvious for you, but it's just not that obvious for them. So to have understanding and mm. compassion is mm. the biggest, biggest thing, Pastor yes. Johnny, and not just to force them to get over it. Yeah. Sometimes we are just, we, we come on very strong and just yeah. expect somebody to get over it. But maybe, maybe it's your spouse member or, or a close family member, like you said, we don't know what traumas they faced in their childhood, Pastor yes. Johnny, that is yes. also just supporting this thing. So we don't always know everybody's story. And yeah. if you don't know the story then give them a chance don't be pushy and tell them to just get over yeah. it and then the best thing for Johnny is to get help mm. if you know there's traumas in your heart that you have to deal with yes deal with it because Pastor Johnny I've seen people two people come out the same situation and one flourishes in life and one not mm. and I've just seen that the one that does was just willing to deal with it now the other That's one we know it's not easy to deal with it. Some people face very, very hard things, Pastor Johnny, and it's not always easy to deal with it. But I always tell them, the devil has stolen enough from you. Let's face this thing together. Let's deal with it so that you can now go forward. So it's not always easy, but let's pack this thing head first so that there's no more stealing from you. So to approach them with compassion is the best, best thing, and to help them or get help for them to deal yes. with their trauma is key. Yes, yes. And I suppose because if, I, like you say, be patient with them, help them deal with it, but let them go and, and receive some help to, be, to, to, to treat the, this illness. Yes. Um, and I can only imagine that when people don't want to do that, it can become to a point where 
where things just get out of hand, I suppose, and then perhaps that, that person needs some help as well. So, so let me let me take take you to the next point where I think there's a lot of lot of our fellow Christians that are watching today, and they are thinking that um, you know if I were to admit that I've got mental illness, there's a stigma that goes with that, mm. and if I were to admit this. Um, I think for most Christians, they don't want to perhaps admit with this. Yeah. But then we see sometimes irrational behavior mm. and, 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 and consequences as, yeah. as a result of that behavior. And things go wrong for them, and then they want to blame God, you know, sometimes in that situation. And I can only imagine, I can only imagine, because I've never been in that position, that it must be difficult, and you don't want those stigmas to, to attach. How... Tell us a little bit, because you having dealt with a lot of Christians that comes to you, what is their biggest fears? And maybe some of our, our viewers tonight can identify with that. Perhaps they're not, they, they know that some things are not right, but they're not sure what it is. But what is the biggest thing that you think Christians find difficult? Maybe it's to admit to it. I don't know. What, what is a typical behavior? Is it different maybe from everybody else? Most probably not. I don't know. But how do they deal with it? And what is the the difficult things for them to deal with? I think the difficultest thing for them, Pastor Johnny, is that maybe now that I have this thing, it means that I'm not close enough to God or I'm not a good enough Christian or I didn't pray enough or my faith is not big enough. Those are the biggest challenges and worries. And, and none of that is true. None of that is the result of why they are struggling with this thing. The reason why they're struggling is because of the trauma, not because you're not a good enough Christian. So it's that stigma, it's that lie that you have to cast down in your heart because the devil is just bombarding you with that because he doesn't want you to work through the trauma but it's not true you are a great christian you have to deal with the trauma <laughs> amen amen so let me ask you then this question what is important to do to have good mental health okay so like i said pastor johnny obviously if you know these things in your heart that you need to deal with go deal with it and and there's four steps that we that we take on to deal with the trauma number one is to face it we have to face it and we have creative ways of doing that to either if you're someone that can paint paint it out if you're someone that can write write it out you know god gave us creativity and 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 it's amazing to help us deal with those things i mean pastor johnny david had 13 years of trauma mm. And there were no counselors, and he was just fine. How did he do that? Mm. He wrote the Psalms. Mm. He wrote. Mm. So by writing, you can also just see how the Holy Spirit yes. is ministering to him yes. in that. So writing is such an amazing tool to deal with it. The second thing is you have to forgive. If somebody hurt you or somebody caused the trauma, which is unfortunately most cases, we have to forgive that person. The third thing is to identify any lies in your heart. And the fourth thing is to replace them. Jesus said in Corinthians that we cannot just cast it down, but to bring it to subjection to Christ. Now that is very important because if you're just going to quiet that thought, it's going to come back up. But the moment you replace it, that's when it starts losing its power. So it's those four simple things we do to deal with the trauma, Pastor Johnny. And then, of course, to build our relationship with God. Yes. Nothing comes close to that. He is our absolute wonderful counselor. And when we sit and draw close to him, he wants to heal your heart. Yes. He always comes and talks and shares to you 
about your heart. Yes. So those are the important things we do yes, yes. to deal with it. I love what you said now is that, um, you know, we have to replace the lie yes. with the truth. Yes. And many people are holding on to the lie or they like the lie. Is it, is it possible? I think they like the lie because it maybe gives them pleasure. It's, it's possible. What it does, Pastor Johnny, it gives them safety. That's what oh, it does. Because okay. if, if a trauma occurs and this lie has maybe been with you from childhood and you've had it for 20, 30 years, it's familiar. It's what you know. It's mm. safety. Mm. To now come and change that thing, you might be changing my whole view, my whole understanding of something. And, and that is very shaky ground for us. So what it brings is it brings safety because it's familiar. Yes. And that is where you have to, like I say, get the courage to face that yeah. That's amazing that you just mentioned there is that there's safety in that. And if they are not aware that they have to change or exchange that safety for the truth, yes. um, then they're going to fight because they, they're going to believe this is good for me. This is okay for me. I feel okay when I do this. Yes. But you also mentioned to me that a lot of people that uh, perhaps that goes through uh, mental illness is that when they act out or when this happens or when they, because a lot of it is done privately as yes. well that there's a lot of shame that people have to deal with. Yes, Just maybe definitely. talk to us about that. Yes, there's a lot of shame uh, that goes along with that, especially if you go into the addictions, Pastor Johnny, or, or even maybe some sexual disorders where we look at the pornography. And so there's, there's a lot of shame that goes through mm. that. And that's maybe one of the biggest reasons why, as you mentioned, Christians, you know, don't want to face it or there's a stigma attached yeah. to it, Pastor Johnny. But once again, um, that all stems from rejection, which is once again a trauma that recurred. Mm. And, and, and specifically, if it's it's a significant person to you, then that rejection becomes a serious trauma that you have faced. Now, with someone significant, I mean either your mother, your father, or your spouse. So then it becomes a very traumatic situation for you. Mm -hmm. And so there's obviously um, uh, uh, things that can trigger events in our life. I mean, you go through a normal life. You, perhaps you have not dealt with it. You've, like you say, you've buried it. And then something traumatic happens in your life and this thing just comes up and you start behaving differently. This, this things like that happen, is that possible? Yes, definitely, Boss Johnny. How a brain works is it associates. Okay. okay. So if somebody maybe went through a trauma, let's say um, the person that perhaps abused somebody was continually wearing a red shirt. Now, if they maybe come into contact with somebody that has a red shirt, the brain immediately makes that association and the warning signs go up and they might just be rude to that person or, um, you know, shove them out of the way or some abnormal type of behavior where this, where this current person didn't do anything to them. Mm. So those are triggers that occur from traumas yes. because the brain learns to protect you. The same when we see a lion, which is a healthy thing that when your brain says there's a lion, you need to run. That is, that is what your brain does. It associates danger with danger so that you are not caught in the same situation again. Yes. But when this occurs in our everyday life from people, that's when it starts becoming problematic to us. Yeah. Well, and maybe let me, can I just inject a little bit of perhaps humor here and just go with your illustration of the line. You know, somebody once told me this is that, you know, it's so true because you actually create a file in your mind. Yes. And uh, when you were, say, two or three years old and you went to the zoo and you saw this huge line on the other side 
and fortunately you had the safety of the bars between you and the line. But you thought to yourself, as you, st as you stand there, you think to yourself, listen, if there was no bars and I were to encounter this line in the field, yeah. I think what I will do is I will turn around at the speed of light and I will run to the closest tree. I will tell my lungs, don't wara wara with the oxygen. Just bring it on because I need to run quickly. And I'll jump into that tree and I'll hold on to a branch. So to safety. And, uh, and I think if you were to, so one day you're an adult man, for example. And I'm not saying this is an illness. I'm just saying how the brain works, all right? Is that, um, so you're an adult man, you're hunting. And the next thing you come around this bush and here's this huge, huge, huge male line. And it starts to charge you. And the next thing... When you wake up, you find yourself in a tree. Yeah. And you think, how did that happen? And you remember, because you see, the minute you saw the lion, you your brain said, Muni warini. Yeah. I've got a file. I've got it. <laughs> I've got a file. <laughs> and the file tells me, I've taught myself over the years, when you see that lion, you turn around at the speed of light and you run away. Yes. And you find the closest tree and you jump into that tree. And you tell your lungs, lungs, don't water water with the oxygen. Just bring it on because I need to run or outrun this line. And that's how the brain works because it programs a response, I suppose. And like you were saying, if somebody's got a that abused somebody with a red shirt, then they associate that with any person perhaps wearing it in a similar situation. And then the behavior becomes sometimes irrational. And then we wonder, what is going on? Why are you flipping out? But it's yeah. because... They perhaps have not dealt with completely yes. with their childhood experience and, and memory. Yes. Now, later on, you're going to tell us what we can do next. to take next steps. All yes. right. So that's the good news. Yes. All right. So let me just share with you guys today. I want to talk to you about four encouraging truths for Christians with uh, mental health. So uh, allow me. Get your Bibles ready. You can write down some scriptures here and all the scriptures that Pastor Michelle has given. Keep on posting. We love to hear your comments as we go on and through this subject. Aren't you guys finding this exciting? So I'm going to give you four truths that you as a Christian can hold on to. You see, as I said and we said earlier on, mental illness can still be a highly stigmatized topic in the church especially. For those who do not have such struggles or suicidal tendencies, it seems like we cannot understand it and we don't understand and we don't understand why people suffer from extreme despair that comes with clinical dis de uh, depression. It can only be very difficult. Although many Christians know that the trail of occasional anxiety or depressed feelings, people with diagnosed mental illness face unique challenges, as you've just heard from Pastor, Simone, uh, Pastor Michelle. Now, Charles Spurgeon once said this, the mind can descend far lower than the body. Listen to this. For in it, there are bottomless pits. The flesh can bear only a certain number of wounds and no more. But the soul can bleed in 10,000 ways and die over and over again each hour. Mental illness is not a new phenomenon. And the same biblical truths that have encouraged Christians for centuries, like Pastor Michel said with David, can encourage those who suffer with mental illnesses today. It can help you. So though we may not continue to struggle daily 
in the bottomless pit of the mind, we can cling on and hold on to four encouragements from the Word of God. So I want to talk to you tonight. Perhaps you are going through that. Perhaps you know someone that's going through that. How, what, how and what am I to do? The first thing that you need to know, Pastor Michelle, and I'm sure you agree with this, I want you to know that you are not alone. You are not alone. God's people have suffered mentally, emotionally, and physically. Even Christ himself cried out in despair on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken, forsaken me? Echoing a, a psalm that we find in Psalm 22 verse 1, it says this, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groanings? Hmm, powerful. Here's the promise, in actual fact, the fact that you are not alone. This is the promise found in Hebrews 13 verse 5. Let your character, now let me, uh, this is a lot of words now. Let your character or moral disposition be free from love of money, including greed, avarice, lust, and craving for earthly possessions. And be satisfied with your present circumstances and with what you have. For he, God, himself has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give up, nor leave you without support. I will not, <laughs> look what it says, I will not, and he says it for a third time, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake you. Can you see that? He will not leave you, he will not forsake you. Amen? Hold on. Assuredly, hold on. Now, what's more is that mental illness is probably more common than you know. As we said earlier, uh, we said that one in four people worldwide experience mental health issues. You are almost certainly not the only one in our congregation dealing with this difficult situation. It's important to speak openly about your mental health issues because we will help you to take next steps so that you can find freedom in your life. The second thing is, is that it's not your fault. It's important to know that it's not your fault. Now, you can't just go around blaming other people and say, you see, it's not my fault, it's your fault, it's your fault. No, we're dealing here with something a little bit different. My affliction, like, and I'm speaking to you now, you, you, you might say, my affliction is like that of the man that was blind. He didn't do anything wrong. He wasn't punished for his sins or the sins of his parents or his fathers. Amen. You remember that, 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 that occasion in the word of God? Mental illness may not be my fault, but it can be my opportunity to speak truth about Christ's love to others. You can use your situation to help other people. Of course, sin can exacerbate mental illness or stir up depression and anxiety. Sin spreads the, the infection of darkness, which is why it's so important, family, to have people point you to Christ. And that's what Pastor Michelle is saying here. You need to deal with it. You mustn't feel safe in it. And if we repent and turn our focus to Christ, we can allow the light however dim it may seem to you, to seep in, and eventually it will shine bright. Because the word says this, 
draw near to God and He will draw near to you. This is a promise that you can hold on for good days and for dark ones too. The third thing is God sees you and is with you. God sees you and is with you. Many people, I can only imagine that they feel that God is not with them. God has forsaken them. So we have a personal Savior who experiences emotions. And as you suffer the effects of mental illness, you can remember the nearest or the nearness of Christ. He weeps with you as he wept with the family of Lazarus. He knew that the resurrection work he was about to do, but he still sobbed anyway. He could have just said, guys, don't worry, it's all under the blood. As soon as I'm going to die, I will pay. The Bible says, and Jesus cried. Likewise, he knows how he is going to, to work in and through your life. And he is with you in the midst of it. By grace, by his grace, he sent the Holy Spirit also to be your comforter and your counselor to be with you and to help you. I want you to know that you must remain steadfast because there is hope. You are not to go through this by yourself. And that's what we're going to do right here at the church. We're going to help you. Look what it says here. The Bible says the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. I understand there are people that are brokenhearted. They are crushed in their spirit. Maybe you are the recipient of somebody with mental health issues or mental Ill, uh, illness. Or perhaps you are that person. I want you to know that you are not alone. Now look what it says. It goes on to say in the Bible uh, that we are all broken in our own ways. You and I know before we came to Christ, we were broken. We had, we, we had faults and mistakes, but Christ makes us whole. He lights up the darkest corners of our hearts and our minds. You see, that's, we need to change and not stay where we're at. Look what it says here in the Bible. He has redeemed my soul from going down into the pit, and my life shall look upon the light. Another version, another, another scripture says, You came near when I called on you, and you said, Do not fear. I want you to know tonight, family, if you're suffering from mental illnesses, the Lord is saying, do not fear. There is hope. There is a promise for you. Now look at this promise from the word of God. But we have this treasure, this promise, this gift of God in jars, in our body, in jars of clay, to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, not perplexed, but not driven to despair. Hallelujah. I'm so glad. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. We do not have to live like this. Mental illness is not God's plan for your life. Amen? That's the good news. Point number four. God's word speaks to you. If you're willing to change, 
If you're willing to take next steps, then God's word can speak and will speak to you. Mental health care is rooted in scripture. Mental health care is rooted in scripture. Look at number one. I'm going to give you three examples. One, the prophet Isaiah described the part of the mission of the coming Messiah is to bind up the brokenhearted. Many people that suffer from, as Pastor Michelle said, from, uh, from mental illness, feel the shame, feel the brokenheartedness, cannot deal with it sometimes in life. And then when we look at Isaiah 61 and verse 1 and 2, the Bible clearly just illustrated. This is the hope. This is the, this is the hope. Jesus, a hope of glory. Look what it says here in Isaiah 61 verse 1 and 2. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me and commissioned me to bring good news to the humble and the afflicted. The humble and the afflicted. I want you to know there is good news for you. He has sent me to bind up the wounds of the brokenhearted. When you receive Christ, he can bind up your wounds. To proclaim release from confinement and a condemnation to the physical and the spiritual captives. And freedom to prisoners. You might be prisoner in your own circumstances. You might be bound physically by something but there is hope for you. The second thing is to deal with mental health. Jeremiah the prophet wrote uh, of the Messiah, he says, I will, I will turn their mourning into gladness and I will give them comfort and joy instead of sorrow. The third thing is in the New Testament, we see that Jesus went through all the towns and villages teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing. Listen to what it says now in Matthew 9.35. And healing every disease and sickness. Every disease and sickness. I want you to know, no matter what uh, mental health you are suffering with, Jesus can heal you. Amen? The fourth thing that I want to talk to you about is that uh, mental health care is that you need to confess if there's one pull you need to take, <laughs> it is the gospel. And I'm not trying to water it down whatsoever. But you need to confess over your life what the word of God says about you. Even though you might not feel like it, but words have power. Look what it says in Numbers 14.28. Family, this is so important. This will give you life. This will restore your life. Numbers 14, 28, the Bible says, the Lord speaking, he says, say to them, as I live. In other words, he's making an oath. Says the Lord, just what you have spoken in my hearing, I will most certainly do to you. What are you saying in the Lord's hearing today? If you are struggling with mental illness, where there's anxiety or suicide, thoughts of suicide, bipolar disease, whatever it might be. As Pastor Michelle said, perhaps there's something that you have not dealt with. You have to leave that place of perceived safety. And as you take next steps with the Lord, as he says, whatever you say in my hearing, I will do unto you. So you need to positively confess over your life. Now, just before we get to that, Pastor Michelle, how do we take next steps? 
How do we take next steps? So the great thing here at Christian Family Church, Pastor Johnny, is that we have our freedom groups. Now, the curriculum outline is put together amazingly to help you to deal with anything that you need to face. Now, you may ask, for who, for who is this group? It, whether you're suffering from something severe, whether you just know I faced one or two things that I still need to deal with, maybe you just want to draw closer to God. Our groups is for exactly that. It is for anybody who wants to join yes. them. And the outline of it, Pastor John, is we start by taking you through your relationship with God. I've heard so many times, Pastor Michelle, I hear that I have to sit with God. I need to draw close to God. But I'm honest with you, how do I do that? Mm, now, mm. our curriculum takes you step by step how to do a quiet time. Isn't that amazing? Because yeah. we know, like you said, Pastor Johnny, that God is the healer of your soul, yes. your body. Yes. He heals us completely. That's right. We need the Holy Spirit's power. So that is our first chapter, to draw closer and deeper to Him. Then we move on by dealing with the trauma. Now, family, let me tell you, I know that forgiveness is a gift from heaven. Mm. I've seen when somebody forgives how the chains just mm. break. Mm. Mm. I had a lady who, the moment she forgave, the next time I saw her, she came with this white dress. Wow. There is such power in forgiveness yes, yes. so we do a chapter on forgiveness and then dealing with that trauma yes. then we go on by building who you are i love the 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 heading of that becoming a vessel of honor for god mm. so we help you mm. to rebuild your identity mm. Mm. because especially in the trauma of rejection which most of us have faced it knocks the self-image very hard so yes. we help to rebuild that again in Christ and then we end off obviously by helping you with the mind because as we said Pastor Johnny this is a mental illness so we yes. have to learn how to deal with our thoughts how do I take thoughts captive how do I replace them and and Paul writes so beautifully in 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 in, in one of his books that we you can just see how he says I'm mindful I'm thinking he is so aware of what is happening in his thoughts so we have to have to have that control over our thoughts. We cannot just have anything flowing in yes. and going through it every day. Yes. We have to take it captive yes. if we know it is not from yes. the Lord. So we cover all of this in our freedom curriculum. So if you feel that you want to join our groups, we're starting our second round in August. You can go to the website. We have a form there for you to fill in under Freedom awesome. Groups. Or you can send an email to freedom at cfcsa.co.za and we will get in contact with wow, you. Wow, that is awesome. Michelle, that is just so phenomenal. You know, so in other words, what I'm learning from this is that you mustn't stay in this environment. No. Um, and don't think that it's okay. I can deal with it. Because you never know what's going to trigger another event in your life. Yeah. And if you haven't dealt with it, what I'm hearing from you is that it can be catastrophic. It can maybe even ruin your family or your job or your relationships with other people. And, um, and, and, and we also hear there's no shame because a lot of people feel shame in it. But it's not good to stay there. We are saying we do have help. And I know that you guys um, in the groups department, specifically in Freedom, you know, you guys are dealing with this, presenting all these awesome courses. Question that they might ask, 
is my information going to stay confidential or is everybody going to know now that I also have a, a mental illness? Maybe there's somebody that's in senior leadership that is struggling with this kind of thing. How, uh, what is the steps that you, how do you keep this confidential? How do I know that you will keep it confidential? So, Pastor Johnny, um, we have a very small team that's in the Freedom Department, Pastor Johnny, and, and you know, for us, our, we honor confidentially. We, it's very highly important to us, yep. Pastor Johnny, because not only to respect to the person, but a respect to the Lord, because yes. before anything, it is His child, Pastor yes. Johnny, and we take that very, very seriously. So, whatever you share with us, whatever you bring um, to our attention, we will keep that information confidential between right. us and you, and not share yes. that out to anybody yes. else. Pastor Michelle, thank you. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerans. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com.